everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. Michael Beller, Andrew DeWitt, kicking off this episode of Best on the Board. Yes, the NFL season is over. Los Angeles Rams, Super Bowl 56 champions. So we're going to put football away for a while on this show. Obviously, don't have a ton to talk about. But we do have one little loose end that we can wrap up and put a bow on this season before we break out football a couple of months from now and really get into it. DeWitt, what's going on? Oh, nothing. That was a pretty good Super Bowl. Oh, maybe my just, God. Yeah. I just hit a bunch of props, so I was happy like <laughs> with all my props being hit. But maybe, I mean, I thought it was not the most entertaining game in terms of like up and down offense, but I thought sure. it was a good, solid Super Bowl. Came down to the last minute. What else mm-hmm. could you ask for? Competitive game. It was fun. You had uh, some stars making star plays. Like you said, came down to the very end of the game. It was played within a one-score window for the bulk of the game. I mean, yeah, you know, not every Super Bowl is going to be that Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl from a couple of years ago. Not every Super Bowl is going to be crazy high-scoring back and forth, but this was a competitive game throughout. Felt like maybe early on the Rams were going to, you know, put some real distance between them and the Bengals. That didn't happen. The Bengals made a game of it. The Bengals led for almost the entire second half until the very, very end, the part of the game that matters the most to be the leader. But yes, I I was thoroughly entertained throughout. No question about it. Yeah, and I mean, and you know, I went to a party and they had like great snacks and the guy broke out the smoker. <laughs> oh, had beautiful. no expectation. I show up and there's all this food. And I was like, oh man, I just hit the jackpot. I you was hit so the jackpot. Yeah, forget about the props. You hit the jackpot in more ways than one on Super exactly. Bowl Sunday. Yeah, right. So it was a, it was definitely a, a good game and a fun game and an entertaining game and uh, one that uh, you know we're happy to have closed out this season and give us a little bit of a springboard into the 2022-23 season. And that's what we're going to do. Like I said, we uh, are going to be done with football for a while on this show. But we can wrap things up with one last discussion, and that is a look ahead to Super Bowl 57 odds. Obviously, these were out very, very quickly after the Super Bowl. So we're just going to have some fun with the discussion here atop the list. And I've got this uh, going across the bottom if you are watching us on YouTube. Chiefs and Bills open up as the co-favorites at plus 750. Then you look at the Rams, the defending champions, plus 1,100. Bengals and Cowboys come in at plus 1,200. Broncos, hello, Packers and 49ers, they are 1,600. And then you've got the Cardinals and the Ravens wrapping things up as 9 and 10 at 2,000, plus 2,000, 20 to 1 odds on those teams. So those are the top 10 teams. If you want to see how all teams 1 through 32 rank, you can go and check that out at BetMGM. DeWitt, your favorite play, are they? is that among those top 10 teams, or are you going beyond that? I'm going to go beyond that, but I will say like the Broncos, I think the market's like already factoring in <laughs> that they're going to get a new quarterback, and yeah. they're expecting that quarterback to be something special. Right. Like Aaron Rodgers has been connected to the Broncos for a long time. Um, you know, Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson. Mm-hmm. there's, there's been chatter and like, they're going to get a new owner here pretty soon. And that new owner's going to want to make a splash. They hired Nathaniel Hackett, who was the Packers offensive coordinator who Aaron Rodgers loves and said, if he ever left green Bay, I'm leaving with him mm-hmm. in a press conference. So, but I, I just think that like, I wanted to bet that number at 22 or 23 to one. I just didn't, I just don't think it's 16 to one. It's like yeah. they're factoring in the market's already factoring in too many things for well, they, what's going to happen to that team. And they have to protect themselves, right? Cause if, if it's out there at 22 or 23 to one, then a lot of people are going to want to jump on it. And if Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson do end up there, then, you know, 16 to one is probably the right number. Maybe even some, you know, probably even a little bit higher. If it's Aaron Rodgers, they probably where the, the Packers are at 16 to one. So maybe it would still be 16 to one, but maybe they would jump a little bit higher than that. So it's like, it sort of feels like that 16 to one is pricing in where the Broncos are right now and where the Broncos would be if they got Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And so they just split the difference and put it in between that. 
because yeah. they are not a 16 to one team if they're going into next year with Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke as their quarterback. Definitely not. <laughs> not even close. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Of those, of these top 10, I would, I mean, like, you're never going to pick off the top of this, right? You're never going to pick the Bills or the Chiefs. I love the Bills going into next year. No reason to bet it now. You can you can get that same number in August if you want to bet mm-hmm. on the Bills or the Chiefs. Bet that in August. Bet that in September. There's nothing really there. You know, you you brought this up to me, so I'm going to steal it from you really quick. Like the Ravens are the most intriguing to me uh, of these top ten teams. The Ravens and the Cardinals, and it's not just because they're twenty to one; it's because they both have game breaking quarterbacks. So why not take a shot on a team with a game breaking quarterback at twenty to one odds? Those two teams of the if I was going to bet any of these ten right now here in February, seven months before the next football season even starts, it would have to be one of those two teams. The re- yeah, and the reason I brought up the Ravens to you was like. Remember how many injuries they had last year? They oh went through God. like six running backs. They had all yeah. of their cornerbacks go down. Like mm-hmm. the the game, Joe Burrow threw for five hundred yards against them. They <laughs> yeah. they had no cornerbacks. Like, yeah. I, and I, I truly like they're going through a little bit of transition. Their GM mm-hmm. is retiring after the draft. But I honestly believe the Ravens are one of the best run teams in the NFL from top to bottom, mm-hmm. top of the organization, ownership, all the way down yep. through Harbaugh as a coach and just the entire team believes in the yeah. system. And Greg Roman Rashad, and Lamar, all that continuity they bring back, right? I, I think – and Lamar is like – he had a weird season because he had the illness going on. He had COVID. We don't really know what exactly was going on with yeah, Lamar. Multiple we never injuries got, in November. Right. We never got like a full injury report. He had the ankle mm-hmm. injury too and he was had the illness and I, like a whole bunch of things going on. I really like the Ravens at 20-1 to because I think yeah. that team will look at their roster and say, we know we need to fix these mm-hmm. problems to make this team a Super Bowl contender again. And they're just that team that never got the win in the playoffs. So everybody was yeah. like, oh, and then they missed the playoffs this year. So it's like yeah. no one is believing the Ravens, but they should be believing in the Ravens. So all those injuries they had, all those injuries they had on that team. And if Lamar doesn't miss the games that he misses at the end of the season, right. they probably make the playoffs, right? Exactly. They're probably in there in the, in the, in the playoffs. And it's one of those last couple of wildcard teams in the AFC. And so, like, does anyone actually believe that the Raiders or the Steelers were a better team this year than the, than the Ravens? And things just fell a little bit better at the end of the year for the Raiders and the Steelers. And that, that's football. That's how this works. But the Ravens are a better team than those teams. And they come back. And, and, and like you look at like if you were if you were looking at the Ravens on the offensive side of the ball, like there's an obvious need at wide receiver. I mean, what's the one good spot to be shopping for free agents on the offense this year? It's wide receiver Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin. I mean, there's some big Allen Robinson. There are some mm-hmm. big names to be going after as wide receiver free agents. And I would have to imagine the Ravens are going to be positioned to make a splash uh, in that regard. Let's push beyond this top 10. Anyone, uh, any other teams, any teams that uh, you, you look at? Because I do find one team beyond the top 10 that I am very interested in betting right now. I won't steal it from you, but I knew <laughs> I knew looking at it, you were going to pick this team. But um, I think Titans at 22 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of injuries. They just – they. You know, Derrick Henry obviously wasn't himself in that playoff game at all. I think they're a really well-coached team. I And I think there's a small chance that Aaron Rodgers goes to the Titans if they want to make a big move. That, that's a team that doesn't seem afraid to make a big move to get the yeah. quarterback they need. They did it with Tannehill, right. and everyone was like, oh, that's a weird move. And that mm-hmm. was when they had Mariota, who they spent so much draft capital on, <laughs> and they moved on from him. So I'm I as a team, I don't think the Titans front office is afraid of making that big move. So... Yeah. I think they're pretty good on the defensive side. I think they have Derrick Henry, who's an awesome running back, obviously the best in the world, even if he's starting to age a little bit. So like I think at that those odds, I like them. Mm-hmm. And at this I'll say strategy wise, like you mentioned, like I'm not a big fan of like shooting 
bullets and like putting all this money into like because you don't get your this money until yeah. a year, a from, year now. from now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to put this money in like the Bills or the Chiefs because yeah. I'd rather wait for them to go on a losing streak like the mm-hmm. Chiefs did early in the season or have a bad start and bounce back because yeah. that's when you can get value to one, on these right? teams. Chiefs were eighteen to one when they yep. had that little losing streak in late September, early October. So yeah, that's exactly when you get in on those teams. But you you have to drop the piece of gossip because I didn't know this. You mentioned it to okay. me about Aaron Rodgers and the Titans. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers apparently is building a house outside of Nashville in the suburbs. This is not an uncommon thing. (laughs) Lots of celebrities are doing this. A lot of it's tax reasons because there's no state income tax in Tennessee. (laughs) So there are reasons that you would want to do this um, to make this your part-time residence for more than half of the year for some reason. So I'm I'm guessing that I think it's a little bit of a jump to Mm. jump to conclusions that he's going to Tennessee because he's building a house in Nashville. Um, But I've seen it happen in other sports. I knew... Uh, Matt Duchesne, the hockey player from the Avalanche, went to the Predators because he built a house there a year and a half before he actually went there. So there are some precedents for it, but it is some fun that. gossip for the offseason <laughs> just to get it started. That is, that's what these bets are built of. They're built, oh, Aaron Rodgers building a house in Nashville. Maybe Shailene Woodley is going to cross over into country music. There you go. And then we can just we can live it up in Nashville and play for the Titans. I, I love that. Uh, the team that I'm looking at, it's the Los Angeles Chargers, 25 to one uh, to win the Super Bowl right now next year. Love that team top to bottom. They've got the quarterback in place. They've got a lot of great pieces in place on both sides of the ball. This was a team that also better than the Raiders, better than the Steelers. I don't care that the Raiders beat them in that regular season finale to get in the playoffs and keep the Chargers out. I know we should care about wins and losses in that way, but whatever. The Chargers were a playoff caliber team this year. They will be a playoff caliber team next year. And here's a little bit of, um, you, you know, like sort of reading the odds elsewhere. What do we what do we know about Super Bowl winning teams? Uh, these almost all of these teams, um, at least the teams that are entering the playoffs as favorites, have elite quarterbacks who very often are part of the MVP discussion. Well, the Chargers are twenty five to one to win the Super Bowl. Justin Herbert is fourteen to one to win the MVP behind only Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. So that gives you a little bit of a hint of that the books are protecting themselves in some way against Justin Herbert and not quite as much against the Chargers winning the Super Bowl. So that's just another way I read into this. I just I love what this team already has going for it, mostly because of Herbert, but because of so many of the pieces around him. Talk about another team with continuity, no coaching changes, no major players being lost. You have a big uh, you have some superstars in the pass rush. We know how important that is. We just saw it with the Rams getting all the way to in winning the Super Bowl. This team has a lot of good pieces. It just needs to coalesce and come together at 25 to one. That's a bet I'm willing to make. Yeah. I, I mean, that's another, I did see the charger. I was like, Oh, I'm just not going to steal it from Beller. Cause I know you <laughs> wanted, you wanted to talk about them, but I, one thing I like just kind of going back to circling about to the entire handicapping conversation around these mm-hmm. bets is, you know, I was looking at the AFC teams. I'm going, man, there's so many good <laughs> quarterbacks in the AFC. Yeah. I was trying to look for value in the NFC teams because mm-hmm. the best quarterbacks in the NFL, like, one through five, four are in the AFC right now. I mean, Rogers, except for Aaron Rodgers. If you assume Rodgers stays right. in Green Bay, which we have to assume for the time being. So four of the top five are in the AFC yeah. right now, including yeah. Burrow and Lamar. Is like I'd put him up there. Mm-hmm. Kyler would probably be outside I, that top five. But. <laughs> There's a scenario where Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson end up in the NFC or in the AFC too. Right. Right. <laughs> like, Which is scary. That's totally possible that that ends right. up happening. You're talking about the best. The best NFC quarterback is. I, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, <laughs> like, yeah, right, Kirk Cousins, right, Jameis so. Winston. Like, I guess it would be Kyler Murray, uh, Kyler Murray and Matthew Kyler. Stafford. So they'd be fighting for they'd be fighting. I would just go in division by division. So you'd have Kyler and Stafford still in the NFC West, but then it could be totally wide open. I did see a uh, prop from BetMGM today that Kyler Murray is 
uh, plus 700 not to play take his first step <laughs> for the Cardinals last year, which I thought was interesting. I know there's some like social media drama going on there, but that would be. I mean, if they went away from him, that's uh, that'd be interesting. But that's yeah, the, the ultimate prop I'm waiting for. Um, and this is just like talk about bringing all, all the complete mess of sports together all at once. Well, let give me a Kyler Murray Oakland A's home run prop for the 2022 Ooh. season because <laughs> that would be right. Is there going to be a 2022 MLB? I just yeah, it's, it's so many things going on here, but uh, it's fun. It's a it's a it's something that uh, I think puts a nice little bow on what we've been talking about all season long here on best on the board. So that will do it. That will close the book on football for a while on this show. But as we've talked about so much, this show not going anywhere. Andrew DeWitt, you are going somewhere right now. Thanks for uh, indulging me in this Super Bowl 57 discussion, my friend. All right. Have a good one. See you guys. All right. NBA time. Like I said, football's gone. Got a lot of basketball to talk over these next few months. Tass Mellis been doing it with us all season. Going to keep doing it with us. Tass, what's going on? Let's keep rolling, Michael. I've got a couple picks today I feel good about. Feel good today. Good, good. I like that. You were one and one last time uh, we got together a miss on your point scorer, Anthony Davis. But DeJounte Murray coming through for you, staying under that 39.5 point rebound and assist threshold that he had set for him when you and I last talked. I'm actually going to be talking about the team that Murray played against when you talked about him last week, but going in a different direction to spin things around. We've got three player props that we are going to hit on on this episode. You get us started with Tyrese Maxey. What do you got for us here? Big game. Sixers, Celtics, and uh, Tyrese Maxey's line is 16.5 points. Uh, He was practicing yesterday with his man James Harden uh, on the Sixers court, but a big factor here and why I'm going over with Maxey's 16.5 point line is that James Harden will not play tonight. Either will Seth Curry, obviously, because he was traded Mm -hmm. uh, to the Brooklyn Nets. So I think there's a nice little pocket here for Maxie to go over 16 and a half points. His last three without Curry, 16 points, 24 and 22. His last game versus the Celtics, 23 points a month ago. Now, I took the Celtics in this game. Um, A big reason why, uh, because of the depth, Seth Curry and Andre Drummond having left uh, the Sixers team. uh, But I I do think that uh, Tyrese Maxey, uh, will score over uh, 16 and a half points. His, his average is 17 points per game. I, I think there are a lot of teams around the NBA in these uh, these five days of games after the post uh, trade deadline mm-hmm. post trade deadline that they have been uh, feeling good, like basking in just a, a good good vibes, good feelings happening. Yeah. Uh, teams playing well for a few games. And B just had a, a 40 point game against the Cavs. Uh, in, in the Phillies last game. So I expect him to come back to earth a tiny bit and Maxi to fill that hole again. Maxi and Harden, I'm probably reading a little too much into this, but Maxi and Harden were practicing from the same spots on the floor in practice uh, yesterday. And, and it's happening with the Kings. It's happening with the Blazers. Teams just getting a good flow for a game or two. And uh, this is Maxi's first game, you know, after playing with Harden in those same spots. So I think he feels good. And, and the numbers are are very good without Curry, uh, you know, surpassing that uh, sixteen point and a half total a couple times against the Celtics. He did it, so I feel good about Maxi going over sixteen and a half. 
They're going to have to find perimeter scoring somewhere. Obviously, Curry gone and no James Harden. Sixers, two and a half point underdogs in this game at home. And you mentioned you're taking the Celtics in this. It's also test, just got a 210 and a half total on it, which is, you know, low for this era of NBA basketball. It's about as low as you're going to see. You're going to see, you know, maybe in the 207 and a half range as the lowest totals you'll see on any given night in the NBA. It's the second lowest total on the board tonight. The lowest right now belongs to the Mavericks and Heat. That's at 209 and a half. So one point less than the Celtics in the Sixers you take that you take the uh, the expected pace the way these two teams play that give you any I mean not obviously not pause because you're taking this but any concern related to the style of play for these two teams and the, the total expected in this game relating to Maxi. absolutely definitely some pause uh, there has to be uh, but uh, the fact is the Celtics are playing a really great ball and, and I think they'll They'll focus a little bit more on Joel Embiid, and I think Joel Embiid is going to focus on getting his guys involved a little bit. So uh, the points got to come from somewhere, um, but uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think there's a confident Maxi out there, and uh, he'll he'll get the shots again. Sixteen and a half points is a, it's a low total; it's right at his average, but uh, he has been over that recently. So yeah, yes, 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 yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> you, you definitely. Uh, Put a little cloud over my pick there for a sec there, hey. Michael. But I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> He's, the scoring's got – I mean, the 210 is still 210. Right? It's, and it's just a two-and-a-half-point spread. So yeah. uh, odds makers expecting this to be close even without James Harden for Philly. So, Seth Curry well, meant a lot to this team. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was uh, – I don't know. He just kind of flew under the radar, I suppose, because he's under Joel Embiid's Mm -hmm. uh, shadow. But at the same time, uh, there's got to be somebody who puts in points, and it's going to be James Harden. Uh, But Maxie's got a a few-game run here before James Harden comes back to show that he's worthy of of handling the ball as well. And again, there's something going on in the NBA where everybody, even the Knicks had a a little game where they played well. Mm -hmm. There's a... Some extra, some extra feelings going on. So it's a, it's a good sort of post trade deadline syndrome that's happening in a positive way for some teams. There you go. Well, hopefully Tyrese Maxey can keep that rolling for you here today. I am going to go to one of my guys yet again. Tass, who have I, who have I been leaning on the most this season? It's been Terry Rozier, Terry, Desmond Bain, Desmond, Trey Young. Trey. All three of them playing tonight. All three mm-hmm. of their teams are in action tonight. And I will say, maybe take a look at Desmond Bain because John Morant, we know, is a game time decision later tonight. So Desmond Bain could take over the primary scoring role for Memphis. But I'm going to Trey. He's got a prop of 27 and a half points. I think he goes over that. Now, this is a tough matchup. As I'm we're going up against Cleveland, Atlanta is tonight. And this is uh, part of the reason why you went against DeJounte Murray. Last week, because of that brim protection that Cleveland has, and we know that that is uh, something they're going to bring every single game, night in, night out. DeJounte Murray, however, perimeter player who does a lot of his scoring on the interior. Trey Young, sure he can, but Trey loves to live way, way, way out. So this is a guy who I think can counteract Cleveland's biggest defensive strength. This is a strong defensive team, front to back, no question about it. But I think Trey, because of the way he scores the ball, can counteract, can avoid Cleveland's biggest defensive strength. And so Trey scoring, to me, Tass, becomes even more important for Atlanta than it already is. And let's be honest, the importance of Trey scoring to the Atlanta Hawks, winning or losing, is already dialed up to 11. But you take into account the way that Cleveland wins games defensively and clamps down defensively, it becomes that much more important that Trey gets his 30. 
that he gets all the shot attempts and then some for the Hawks because if they can't get it out of Trey, they're just flat out not forget about winning this game. They're not even competing in this game. So I think they lean on him even more than they already do. And you get a slightly more friendly line than we're used to seeing for Trey Young because of just how good Cleveland is defensively. Yeah, and uh, as far as a team perspective, they don't have John Collins, and I think Trey will put a, a little more pressure on himself to fire away. He had 26 attempts on Sunday in their last game against Boston. Didn't have a great shooting night. Had a lot of shots go in and out, uh, but he got to that 30-point total despite having a only a 9-for-26 shooting night. So I, I do think he is trying to score a little bit more without the, the weapon of John Collins there. Uh, it's... Uh, it was a, 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 I talk about, uh, as far as the team perspective, that it was a, a bright and rosy trade deadline for some teams that they feel like, ah, we're, we're through here. We know who we're rolling with these next two months. Let's go. For the Hawks, it's been sort of the opposite, a bit deflating. They traded Cam Reddish a while back to the Knicks for a draft pick, and everybody thought, I'm sure including in the locker room, that we're going to take that draft pick and trade it for something. That didn't happen. They didn't move it for anything. And it has been uh, deflating two games. They've lost both games since the trade deadline. And I think Trey is uh, trying to win games on his own because they did assume that they were going to get another player. Now Collins goes down without Reddish. Uh, they uh, they will rely on Trey. So I do like the the over total, even if it is against my uh, my Your team. calves that are Your near and dear team. to my heart. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 they, they do give up a point. You're, you're right in taking a guy who shoots from the outside against this Cavs team that is so good uh, on the interior. But I'm not. What's the point total for this game? The total on this one is I think it was two nineteen and a half when I first. Yeah, it's two nineteen and a half. So yeah, the Cavs, the Cavs, uh, they they buckle down in that second half. But uh, sh- I, we should expect I think Trey to have a, a big night to start the night. And again bouncing back from a 9 of 26 night in the game before that the first game after the trade deadline he was only 6 of 15 against the Spurs so uh, it's it's smart to bet on good players as we've said on this show it's uh, even though he had a 30 point game it wasn't a great night i expect <laughs> right. him to bounce back it's a theme that we like to lean on, certainly, in this show. And that's what you're going to do to wrap things up at the your first pick with Tyrese Maxey going over. You had us on one of the lowest point totals of the night, at least in terms of the game, the teams. This one, one of the highest point totals. Anthony Edwards, you've got him going over 24 and a half. Minnesota and Charlotte, 244 and oh a half. Oh, my goodness. The total on that is just even even for the, the way this game is played today, two forty four and a half, a ridiculous total to see on any game. <laughs> wow, I I making this play of over twenty four and a half points for Anthony yeah. Edwards against the Hornets defense. Big reason why because he is playing the Hornets defense, but I didn't realize it was <laughs> plus two forty two forty four and a half. What a, you're gonna have what, you're gonna have eight players go over twenty four and a half. Uh, in this right, game. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I like Anthony Edwards doing just that. He's had thirty seven, thirty one, and twenty. Six over his last three, so going over 24 and a half, it's not out of the question whatsoever. Wouldn't be unordinary for this guy. Uh, he's uh, kind of um, on the periphery of the All Stars there. So if there is another injury, Dejounte Murray got the the first replacement. It could be Anthony Edwards, and I think he's showing what he's worth here going into the break. I think he is one of those guys that likes to prove people wrong. He is also going against Lamelo Ball, the guy who won. Rookie of the year over him last season against the Hornets defense that allows points. 
that's a recipe for him to score. Now, it's odd he hasn't had a monster game versus the Hornets in his career. It's only three games because he is a second-year player here. 21, his career high against the Hornets. Uh, but because the Hornets gave up points, like it's water, uh, 116. <laughs> yeah, over the last four, they've given up between 116 and 125 points. I can see Anthony Edwards potting a lot of points against the, the LaMelo a rosier backcourt and 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 it didn't get any stronger at the trade deadline trading for Montrez Harrell uh, as their sort of their five man along with Mason Plumley there um yeah uh, 244 and a half I I don't know I don't know what to do with that number but it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's the right number to assign for the for the line makers I'm sure yeah that is I mean it's ridiculous again you just don't yeah I look at these totals every day and you just don't see 244 and a half to, I mean yeah, Kate will creep into the 240s, especially when it's a, you know, Charlotte obviously keeps that going. But 244 and a half is, I mean, the, the line on this is what, six? Yeah, six and a half. So you're talking, so you've got a implied total for the Timberwolves in like that, you know, pushing 120, which is just, mm-hmm. I mean, even though we know you see that night in and you see team score 120, of course, all the time. But for that to be what the total is set at, what the implied team total is, what oddsmakers are expecting, that's just, you don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it's so so. The, the Hornets will provide, though. Again, yes, uh, be, because they have given up one sixteen to one twenty five over the last four. That's right there for the Wolves. That's the that's the right marker. There you go, Anthony Edwards over twenty four and a half, Trey Young over twenty seven and a half, Tyrese Maxey over sixteen and a half. The point props we are recommending here tonight. That's going to do it for best on the board. Tass Mellis, Andrew Dewitt. I'm Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for watching. Those of you who joined us on YouTube. Good luck tonight. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.